the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back, friends, to the battle for 1600 our new podcast with our regular guest the baron baron boris boris epstein he is advisor committee trump 2020 uh advisory board I'm advisory the, board yeah. member of the advisory board he's the only guy who gives me trouble because i just think about him as the baron he's on the advisory board of the trump 2020 right. campaign the committee and he's actually on his way to go and do something for the campaign so this is going to be a tumultuous 40 minutes <laughs> because the news cycle boris yeah. last 72 hours when, it look, when you talk about the Democrats, coronavirus, the markets, right. this is a, a week's worth of news to Calva. But if there's anybody that can do it, it's you. I appreciate that, my friend. <laughs> it's good to be with you, and I'm glad to see you in good health. Thank That's you kindly. For, for those who are worried, worried and I get the DMs, I get the texts on our text line every single day. I've literally just come from the hospital. 28. I counted the nurse. She took every single one. 28 staples out of my knee. The doctor is happy. So thank you, Boris, and thank you to everybody who's uh, been sending me uh, well wishes. Um, so shall we work backwards? Shall we talk about – it's up to you. You're, you're in the driver's seat for the next few minutes do you want to talk about Warren, or do we start all the way back with Mayor Pete and everything else? Well, why don't we just look at the picture as it, as it stands today? Let's do it. Pete's out. That was expected to a degree. Maybe earlier than some thought. Yes. He gets out. Klobuchar gets out. Yes. And then we get to Super Tuesday. I've been saying, I've said here, if you people listen to the first four episodes, since Biden struggled in Iowa and New Hampshire, I said, don't count him out yet. You did. It's not you over did. yet. You did. If a second in Nevada yep. and a yep. big showing in South Carolina right. could get him there. And guess what? He blew it out in South Carolina because of Jim Clyburn's endorsement. And then he got to Super... Between then and Super Tuesdays when Pete and Klobuchar got out. And with what? With a background promise that you're going to be part of a Biden administration? What kind of skullduggery? What kind of political machinations? There is, there are rumors, there is talk that pre- former President Obama has been leaning on people to coalesce against, around Biden. And it's not because of Biden, it's because they are all so scared of Bernie. Okay, can we dissect this for a second? We're, 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 we're using our political uh, nous, our feelers, your experience, my background in, in analysis. How... Is it? And I, I don't I don't count it out that those deals were brokered or were the result in part of President, the former President Obama stepping in, making phone calls. How is it to the to this day? We're down to two candidates. Tulsi Gabbard, for some reason, Tulsi Gabbard is hanging out there with <laughs> nothing. Okay, not even not even American Samoa. How? Hang on, isn't she indigenous? I. Th- 
I'm not sure of her. I, I think it's more Hawaiian. Hawaiian, but even so, I mean, you know, it's she's a, from the Pacific. She's Pacific from, ethnic minority, right. and, and, and the Bo- votes Bo- go to Bloomberg. But Bloomberg had something like six full-time staffers <laughs> in American Samoa. Are you serious? I'm 100 percent serious. What? Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> Had, in, in, in an island of 53,000 53, people, he had six permanent staffers? I believe so. Full time. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's the, okay. Full time. Right. Mike Bloomberg was throwing everything okay. and the kitchen sink and the washer and dryer and the trash compactor at this thing. That's, and completely we, we, failed. We, we have to discuss we'll Mini yes. Mike. So, so in a race that really is Tulsi in her own world and then two old white guys, and I'm going to say this. I'm going to use their language. Two old cisgender entitled white guys left what was the what was the thing you said cisgender you don't know that you know i was talking to somebody about that <laughs> first of all, I, i'm not gonna pretend to be dumb i i no. know what the term means i've heard it first time i heard it was like a couple years ago and i said okay what does this mean it actually means you're normal it's like man and <laughs> you, woman you said it what I it did. means the definition is heterosexual that you are the gender you were born with you are you, no you are the g- gender that you are really? right 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 you are the gender that you are because biological gender is not negotiable sorry for the zero zero one percent of hermaphrodites i'm not talking about you guys man is man you can chop things up you can take things away you can add stuff you're still chromosome based y x x it doesn't change your sex but cisgender i'm using their language for fun right. so you've got two old entitled white cisgender guys also septuagenarians septuag Cis- the president is the youngest man in the race right. for president right. today at 73 it's quite right. stunning um and the former president there's two left and one of them is his former vice president and he's maybe doing things behind the scenes to help him but not endorsing him, Boris? How do we how do we understand that? O- Obama has wanted to be the uniter of the party to stay out and come in later. I think that time may be coming now. That he will. But it may not be may not matter anymore. You right. know? It may be the situation where, you know, you're coming in, you know, it's a it's a soccer game and you bring in this big time goalie, but you're already up six six nil. It doesn't matter right. anymore, you right. know? So or a big striker. So, so I'm using I'm using your analogies here. You should, yeah, I, I am a rugby player. I go I'm a fo- rugby player. I go fo- American football, baseball, you know, but it here, is appreciated. You know, we got some you know, we're going going some other old world analogies. What what is happening is this is the left for some reason think that Bernie Sanders movement does not matter. And and I You mean think, the establishment left? The establishment left. Yes. Yes. Right. And and you know, mo- and the left is now coalescing around this guy Joe Biden. I had said don't count him out, but I never said it was the right move for them, because here's what Bernie Sanders has, and we've talked about this. He's got a movement, he's got authenticity, he has excitement behind him. His policies, total lunacy, right? Total whack jobs, right. okay? Total whack jobby policies make no sense, but he's got he's got that movement behind him, and that matters. Now, you know, some of his policies, like things on trade, you know, those are coalescing with what President Trump has brought in. But when I say whack jobby policies, what am I talking about? Socialism, bordering on communism, saying Castro was good, yeah. you know, not completely denouncing this murderous dictator who killed thousands of people, right. including women and children, on his watch. 
calling for health care for all for free, college for all for free, that is whack job stuff, okay? Yep. It's just what it is. But that's a technical term. That's a political technical term. Yes. Political science, it's up there with Weber, uh, uh, political whack job. It's technical. Okay, sorry. yeah. I think they should add that to many of <laughs> So right, right now, it's, it, it's just an urban dictionary. So Bernie's policies don't make sense, most of them. So the policies that, that are somewhere in the real world, like things on trade, President Trump is already living in that, you know, in that spectrum. But he, for the left to completely disregard that excitement, that movement, that authenticity of Bernie's is dangerous. Because now all those Bernie bros and the Bernie supporters, if Biden does win this thing, yeah. which, by the way, is not a done deal yet. This is my next question. It's not a done deal yet, but yeah. we'll talk about it. But if Biden does win it, you have an, a very old, even for his age, I'm going to say this. I'm not a doctor, and I did not stay at a Holiday Inn Express last night, but <laughs> mentally, appearing to mentally be slipping. That's very charitable. Okay. Mixing up his wife for his sister, Super Thursday instead of Super Tuesday. Talking about his hairy legs. You know. So you, you have somebody who's not at full capacity, and he's going to be their nominee for president? Yeah. You know, for me, the, the question I always come back to is, it's hard to believe this, but it just seems like an incredibly lazy decision. It's That's like very interesting. It's like the leftover guy on the bench. Right. His credentials as establishment are, are excellent. 40 years in the swamp, former vice president, senator. And it just, it's, it's the decision with no imagination. It's like a, it's like a knee-jerk default. Joe Biden's here. Oh, we know Joe. Let it be Joe. It, it lacks any political intuition. It would have been as if we nominated Jeb Bush yes! in 2016. Exactly. Very low energy. Very low energy. Low energy. Low energy. Jeb. It just, this is not. None of us know how anything's going to turn out, right? We don't have a crystal ball as much as we wish we did. But looking at everything, there's no reason to believe that Joe Biden is going to get the African American turnout that Obama did Correct. in 2008. Correct. There's there's a lot of reason to believe he's going to turn off the Bernie Bros. Who feel like this is Marianne Williamson, who's another another one. She's who, still tweeting. Yeah, you She's could still... use you could use the the new technical term oh, on her yeah. as well. Oh, definitely. But you know, she's saying it's a coup by establishment mainline Democrats against the left side of the party, against the Bernie side of the party. So you are so now you're not going to get the same African American turnout. By the way, Donald Trump is going to get a lot more African American support than he did in 2016. We're At seeing least that double. in the polls. At least I'm happy if it's 50% more. We got about 10%. I'm happy at 15. If Look, the 20, approval ratings triple. Right. That doesn't mean they vote for him. Right. If you get triple approval, I think that could lead to double votes. That's That would be amazing. We'll see. And I hope for that. But even 50% more. is huge. From 10 to 15, that locks in this election for President Trump. So African-American vote is going for the president. Bernie bros are either staying home or going to back the president based on those few Policies that there's overlap now this, on. This was which my, is this trade. Is my this is why we have always a, a Vulcan mind meld. He, he he surprises us. Boris surprises us with his analysis that's left field, which is cool stuff. That's why he's a regular every week on the show, America First. And then he he always knows what I want to talk about next. So he, here's the question: whether it's contested or not, if Biden ends up. As the nominee, 
what is the reaction of the Bernie bros? Because these are guys right. who are super loyal to a brand. And it, it, it's, you know, somebody finally explained to me, because I, I don't know, I still couldn't wrap my head around why kids like this guy who can't comb his hair and has spinach in his teeth. And somebody explained it on the show yesterday. It's because he's exactly like their professor in college. Right. Right. He, he's sense. just... He, you know, he is the guy that was cool and kind of radical in college for three years as the trusted professor, and now he's actually running for president. Right. That's a kind of brand. I mean, that is a brand. It's not our brand, but it's a brand. If if Bernie is not the nominee, could you imagine those people simply not voting? Yes, and that happens a lot in a midterm election. Yes, in twenty twelve, that happened to Democrats. Absolutely, because you know a lot. You know, it just. Republicans for Romney were not that excited. Actually, there's a lot of similarities between the Romney run and a, a potential Biden run. You have an establishment guy who's not that exciting. People are just not that wound up about it. And then, you know, yes, if you have a wing, you know, some of the Tea Partiers may have stayed home in 2012. Yes. And now you've got this left wing of the Democratic Party, and they may stay home, or, or they may say, you know what? Donald Trump has done well for this country. He's done well for the workers. He's done well for the unions. And a big section of those people, bigger even than we got in 16, bigger than we got in 16 in Michigan, in Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, they can come out and vote for President Trump. Right. So the Biden choice, as you said, it's a lazy choice. It's an, and it also doesn't scream winner. You know, you got a guy who was knocked out, dragged out in the early debates of their primary season, has now come back. But not because he did better, not because he was stronger in the debates, not because he stopped having these big-time gaffes. He did better because the establishment left, likely led by President Obama, got scared of Bernie Sanders. And they wanted to shove that movement back into the drain, and I think that's a dangerous thing for them to do. But let's go back to what we said we were going to do for a second. What we're sitting now, Biden is only about 60 delegates up on Bernie Sanders. It's not a lot. There's still a lot of votes to be tallied, a lot of primaries to be had. And unfortunately for Uncle Joe, also known as great, great, great Grandpa Joe, <laughs> still a lot of debates to be had. And those debates have not been good to, good for him. No. Been, and they'll be worse for him, I think, if it's one-on-one on, one on one against Bernie. Because Bernie is strong in that way. He's quick. He's not slowing down. You know, he seems like he's 10 years younger well, than Joe. Well, ironically, even for, though he had a heart attack for two 70-year-old guys, one with double brain embolism or whatever he had, and, and then the other with a, with, with, with a heart attack. And, and this is important in politics. One of them has passion, and the other one doesn't. I exactly. Mean, I mean, Biden has no passion. Let's, let's right. just play, because Jeff has been listening in, and, uh, and uh, our new engineer, Shad, allegedly has a cut ready for us from the one and only... The man who has anger issues. Chank Uyghur. Do we have that audio cut on this issue? All right, you may want to listen to this on your headphones. Let's play it for our listeners on the podcast. Going forward, we're going to have trench warfare. And it is about to get way, way uglier. Because progressives online are not going to go quietly into the night. We all have to go and collectively kick their god. Of course not physically, we're progressives. But yes, we will be forceful. You're forceful and your lies, lie after lie after lie after lie. 
okay? We're gonna call it out. We are gonna be very, 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 very forceful. We're not gonna take your lies anymore. Joe Biden did not get arrested with Nelson Mandela. Who makes up a lie like that? An incredibly stupid person makes up a lie like that. An incredibly immoral person makes up a lie like that. Stolen valor, that's what Joe Biden is. He's stolen valor. Since when did leftists care about stolen valor? That is the young Turks, Cenk Uyghur, who ran against Katie, ran, ran for, for Katie Hill's seat that work and out? flamed out. I think he got maybe three, four percent. No, he was fourth with yeah, five percent. But it was fourth with five percent. With five percent. Sad. Um, but we played that because he's a radical. I mean, he's a self-professed left-wing radical. He's going to change the Democrat Party saying, Things are. If it's not Bernie, things are going to get nasty. What does that mean? What does what does nasty mean on the left? Well, first of all, very tough to take Czech Uyghur <laughs> seriously in any way anymore, right? I mean, right. he's he's actually had a history of going after me on his on he his. Has? Yeah, I didn't know that on whatever that because it's online sponsored. He, let me be clear by Google and YouTube, right? Of course. Right, I mean, so who knows how much money's been thrown their way? So he's had a history of going after me. He's not never been a big fan of mine. And you know what? Chang, That's a very good, very good thing to put in your resume. Chang yeah, Uyghur hates me. Hates <laughs> me. Yeah, I know. So you know what, Chang? Enjoy, enjoy the results of your election. You know, success, success. Mazel tov to you, buddy. Mazel tov. Okay, Nicely from, put. From the depths of my heart, Chang. Mazel tov. Boris, Boris is he's holding his heart right <laughs> just, now. Just um, you know, and, but, I didn't know that. I appreciate that. We didn't rehearse any of that. Literally, Jeff through the window said, mm, "Phone," and he texted me. Right. Got a Chang Uyghur audio about the stuff you're talking. All right. Let's wish him Mazel tov and all he the actually, best. The reason he makes fun of me is he gonna appreciate this. You know, we have a friend in common, Andy Sarabian. Yeah, my S- colleague in the White House, your colleague right. in the White House, As, uh, our former colleague, and, yeah. and Sur- Sarabian during the campaign, his nickname was Sarabies. Yeah, Sarabies, Sarabies. Right. Yeah, and I used to just randomly sometimes we'd be all sitting around, and I've told the story a million times. We'd be sitting around in our war room. And I would just out of the blue scream out, Sarabies! Just like as a fun thing to do, because you know, there's a lot of work. We're 20, 22, 23 hours a day. We're yeah. going at it when, on the campaign just to kind of lighten the mood a little bit. So when we were doing the Trump Tower Live, remember? Yes. And this is the goal that, that our listeners are getting with this podcast, right? The inside view. The inside deal. That you don't always have time for on the radio show, right? So when when we were doing the Trump Tower Live Facebook Live program, I was one of the hosts. I was part of the engineering of the whole thing. I don't know any of, of this. I mean, this, is, good. this is new for me. Oh, right. Yeah. So, the, the, you know, Avi Berkowitz, actually, uh-huh. who's another former colleague of ours. Right. Currently the re- special representative for international negotiations at right. the White House. Right. Great guy. Very, very smart guy. He's, he came and said, hey, Boris, you know, uh, we're, you know, Jared and I have been talking. We're thinking, Jared Kushner. Yeah. We're thinking of, of that it would be good for us to have this Facebook Live program. Trump Tower Live. Do you would you know? Would you want to host it? Because yeah, I was active on TV, uh, one of the more active spokespeople that we had on the campaign. I said absolutely. I pulled in some other folks and we did it. So during one of the first shows, we, we were sitting there in Trump Tower Live. You can look this up. I will. And the way we set it up is you could look back behind At us. The war room was the war room. Okay. And we said, here we are. And I'm talking about. It. I said, you know, we sometimes we we make some jokes and we have this guy so rabies and I screamed it out. Well, Cenk Uyghur caught on to it, got all excited, and he wouldn't stop talking about me saying Sarabies. What? And he even made it a sound on his call board. You know how you could press yeah, a yeah. button? I have it right here. Yeah. My board, yeah. So you could press, you know, a button for water, whatever it is. 
he had Cerevis as a button. Why? So he just got obsessed with it. And anytime that I was in the news, he'd start talking about so me. So Cerebi's, Andy Sarabian's nickname is now famous in the Young Turk world. Correct, yes. I had no, I, he had the office next to me in the White House. I had no idea. Cerebi's. Look it up. Look up Young Turk Cerebi's. <laughs> You'll see the whole thing. Those of you at home, check it out. It's kind of a funny thing. But this is all a long way to say, Cenk Yager's kind of nuts. Yeah. You well, know? And he's, he's funny. He's a clown. He's a clown. He did not do well in that election. Obviously, people don't want him representing them in Congress. You know, Not even in California. Not even in Katie Hill's district. <laughs> not even Katie Hill's. <laughs> Thrupples. Not popular. <laughs> but, but okay, let's, let's ignore him. What does it mean if, if Bernie bros get ugly? What does that mean? Well, does the it mean they don't always- vote? Does it mean Antifa? What does it mean? The left is always talking about some sort of revolution, right? The left is always... Chuck Schumer. We're going to talk about that on the show. We're going to talk because that's out of line. Totally. Chuck Schumer. I tweeted about this. I think Chuck Schumer's lost his mind. And then did you watch the video of what the woman who came right after him Uh said? Uh Uh-huh. I'm going to use it today. We have to. We have to. We're going to use it. So I mean, mental. Mental cases. The left has lost its mind. So they're always calling for some sort of revolution, some sort of violence. You see Chuck Schumer doing it. And that goes back to the history of the left. If you but go isn't back- it funny? I'm sorry, I don't interrupt you because you know the history. But you're right. They talk about revolution every day for the last three and a half years. I thought revolution is supposed to be fast and violent and huh. sudden. Well, they keep calling Where is for it? it. They keep calling for it, but it never happens. It's, Resist. Instead, the women's march went from like hundreds of thousands <laughs> of people to tens of thousands, and now you can you know there's bales of hay rolling through it. You know, and, and then, like, then we have and hello. then we have women screaming about how cool their abortions were yesterday. We're gonna play on the show. That's it is disgusting. lunacy, lunacy, and how cool trans abortions are okay, okay which sorry. okay I probably don't have time now but afterwards maybe you can explain i, I, I mean you need a uh, diagram no, no i mean you need a diagram we need jeff to give us a diagram no, of how that three works. years of philosophy i can't explain it so, to you sorry you know if you look at the history not, not to get bookish but if you look at the history of socialism communism far leftism it is a very violent history and and probably some of the start of it is the French Revolution, right, right? Absolutely. The the reign of terror. Killing God, man takes over. And then you go through really the writings of Marx, the writings of Engels, the writings of, of Trotsky and Lenin, and it's all about violent revolution. The Soviet the Soviet Revolution, the Russian Revolution, when the, when the Soviet Union began, the Communist Revolution, was predicated on bringing revolution to the West on bayonets. Yeah. So that's always talking about it. In this country, thankfully, they've never been able to get there. They've tried. They have tried. They have tried. And we have Jay, to be, remember Bernie Bro, James Hodgkinson, who was a Bernie Bro. The, the man who shot Steve Scalise was a Bernie Bro, a volunteer. And Steve Scalise reminds people of that because there's a oh. lot on Twitter. Often you'll see someone say, "Well, Bernie Bros have never hurt anybody," and Steve Scalise will tweet, "I got somebody to talk to you about." Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. so there's there's always that threat of violence from the left. Let's hope that it's empty. Let's be vigilant against it. But what Cenk is really talking about is the far left, the Bernie bros, leaving the Democratic Party. Right. That's what he's talking about. A splintering off, much like the other side of the Democratic Party, the Dixiecrats, left it in the late 40s, early 50s. This is a potential splintering of the Democratic Party with the far left going away, which is very interesting because most of the Democratic Party is going that way. But there's the establishment still holding on and... Really, it's the presidential elections that matter in this country, let's be totally honest. And by them 
trying to shove Joe Biden down the throats of the Democratic Party, the Democratic constituency, the liberal left, they are turning off a whole lot of people. So this could be a seminal election in that they're actually marginalizing themselves even more than we thought because they're putting up this lazy choice, if that is who it ends up being, and then the rest just goes away. And then what do you have left? You're going to have the Bernie Sanders AOC party, so they call them the Democratic Socialists. Then you have the old-line Democrats, and then you have the Republicans. Guess who's going to win elections? <laughs> Guess who that's okay, going to Okay, we've still got 242 days to go, so come on, buddy. Let's, let's nothing, nothing for granted, I'm right? I'm not even talking about 2020. I'm saying if that is what happens, if you have the splintering uh, yes, yes, of yes, the yes, Democratic yes. Party, where about, call it maybe half of it, or a third or two-thirds, splinters off. Right. And becomes the Bernie Bro AOC party. Well, this this is the, this is the, the really fascinating. I, I love you said I'm going to get a little bit bookish here. I don't care. I mean, I think this is what why people tune into you know the podcast. And don't forget, you can follow this man Boris EP on Twitter. You can get a weekly special special update from him. Breakfast with Boris dot com. That's right. Uh, and uh, my Twitter is sebgorka.com. Our website is uh, is uh, sorry. My Twitter is sebgorka. The website is sebgorka.com. And if you like this podcast, the biggest thing you can do for us right. is you know, hit like and do a little review for us. We're, this guy knows how many episodes in? We're, we're, this is our fifth episode Fifth already, episode. Believe it or not. It flies by. Right. We love it. We just did this on a whim. Your response, the responses Boris is getting, the responses I'm getting are amazing. You love this stuff. Just tell us. Tell, tell iTunes, your podcast platform, that you like it. And I think it's our capacity to go a little bit deeper, and you always have that historic and context. And tweet it out, too. And tweet it out and spread the word. Yeah. Get people you know, to listen to it. Um, let, let's get a, a little bit bookish about this for a second, if we may. Or a little bit, I like to call it strategic, big picture, big aperture. This is perhaps... Okay, let's not get carried away. Um, we need to get Donald Trump. We need to get our old boss reelected. We are the strongest, the safest, the most prosperous we have ever been. In three and a half years, this president has achieved more than most good presidents achieve in two terms. And another four years would be incredible. Um, And for example, we'll discuss this on the radio show. KT McFarlane made this point at CPAC last week. This is exactly the type of person you want running America when there's something like the coronavirus. You don't want a guy who's never had a job, never made payroll, never had to solve problems in the real world. You want a pragmatic problem fixer, and that's who Donald Trump is, the president, our former boss. Um, So that's the big picture, number one. Get him reelected and do everything you can do to get him reelected. Outside of that, perhaps the second up there as some of the biggest muscle movement aspects of our future as a, as a, as, as a nation or, or our political, um, I hate using the word evolution, development, is what happens to the Democrat Party. Sure. Because the Democrat Party, you made this fabulous analysis, maybe our second podcast, that they're really not good at winning stuff. No. Right, you look at the last eighty years, and they're not—they you know, really don't have a good track right, record. They, don't. they pick pieces up, they exploit, they jump in. But if you look at presidential elections, not a big success. So, if something really doesn't go well for them in November, whoever the candidate is, if a part of them, a large chunk of the base, gets disillusioned, 
that's going to be a fascinating time in politics, isn't it, Boris? Because our system is really only set up for two parties. We've had libertarians, independents, but it Green, doesn't work. Right. It, you know, it just, it's, you know, the mechanics of the way we're set up, it doesn't really work. You look at Ross Perot and everything else. Um, so what happens to the, the one of the two parties in our republic? Does it fracture? Does it splinter? Do the survivors in the rump look in the mirror finally and say, wow, we really didn't connect with the American people. Do you think that, God willing, if the president is reelected, do you think 2020 and 2021 could be that time where the Democrat Party looks into its soul? As Will Rogers said, I'm not a member of an organized (laughs) political organization. I'm a member of the Democratic Party. The issue that they have is that it's very tough to define what Democrats really stand for. Right? We know what Republicans stand for. Low taxes, small government, national, national security. security, freedom, opportunity. Right. That's it. What do Democrats stand for? Hate it. Hating who? Hating Republicans. Republicans. Right. You know? Social justice for illegal aliens. Right. You know, criminal. No, hang on. Transgender. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and it, which impacts some, you know, 0.01% yes. of the population. Less. Right. 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 So Republicans have a very coherent, very concrete message to the American public. It is, elect us, we will make the country tick, we will make the country stronger. get out of your way. We will let you live your lives. Democrats want to push for late-term abortions. They want to push for oppressive rights, which really are the minimization of rights. Right, they want schools to teach certain things that mean you don't want our kids to hear. Disarming the American people. Right, giving want, benefits to illegal aliens. Correct. They want dismantling DHS. On getting and rid on, of borders. And getting rid of borders. Right. Very important. In the end, they don't really have a. And if you sat down and you really tried to break down, what is the liberal mantra? What is the Democrat yeah. mantra? You come up with nothing. It's just they are against whatever we're for. But you're avoiding my question. No, no, I'm getting to the question. The problem that, they, that they've always had, is, and that's why they've lost elections, is because the way, the way you win elections is by making a point in 10 seconds. Right. Lee Atwater right. used to say that. Right. Lee Atwater, right. very controversial, very successful Republican political operative, Absolutely. used to say, don't, if you can't make a hit in 10 seconds, You're don't bother. Right. So Republicans have been always historically very good at that. Democrats haven't. So now, if, God willing, the president is reelected, the level of Trump derangement syndrome, the level of misunderstanding and craziness about what had just happened for hopefully now two presidential elections in a row could very well, I'm not saying it will because there's a long history there, it could explode and implode the Democratic Party. It really could because every, it's all in the making there. You have this deep divide. Yes. Deep divide. You have a Be- corrupt establishment and you have the radicals. Correct. And neither of them are good, right? You have no good options. No. And what that could very well provide is an opportunity for Republicans to take a lot of those people who are center and even center left and say, listen. The blue dog. The blue dogs. Yeah. Hey, you guys aren't for third term abortions, right? right. right. Come with us. Right. You guys want to want to live your lives as you want them, right? Come with us. You want our borders secure. Yeah, exactly. And that's why we also have to be thoughtful. You know, yeah. and, and, on, no. and on certain issues. Well, this, this is exciting. This is when, if, if there is, you know, God willing, a re-election of the president, this is when MAGA doctrine really has to be worked out fully, right? right? 
The president knows what it is. I think his electorate know what they like about it. But this is where conservative, the conservative movement has right. to say, for the next 20 years, right. what does it mean? And where we are going to come to a divide uh, on our side of who we want. We, we are, I think we are better off being in the Reagan realm, which is if you're with me 80% of the time, you're with me. You know, I'll take 70% of the loaf and come back for the left rest later. Exactly. So (laughs) if somebody is staunchly conservative fiscally, yes, and they have some liberal beliefs socially within reason, right? I am not, I'm never going to accept somebody who's for third term abortions, right? In the conservative movement, I'm just that's not that's not what Republicans are, that's not what conservatives are. But I will tell you on issues like gay marriage, I'm fully, I'm of the belief. That if somebody wants to be married, you know what? God bless. You know that's just that, that's that's my pers- that's my perspective. Now there are religious points to that, and there's, there's well, there government- are those like me who disagree that it's a marriage. You can have a civil whatever, but calling that a marriage is another. And then issue. there's the question of should government be involved at all? Right. Right. And as true conservatives, right. you know, we're probably tend to think that maybe not. No. That states are important. The, you know. So. Right. So we just need to not draw a, a hard line. That's too far from being able to bring in these center-left folks. Right. Some, the line has to be drawn. I'm not saying that we have to give up our ideals. But again, if somebody has beliefs which are close to ours on 80% of the things and then disagree within reason from us. Again, I'm saying within reason. Yeah, without radicalism. Without radi- Not Governor Northam of Virginia talking right. about killing babies, right? right? Not, not, even close, not within a mile of that, yeah. but within what used to be reasonable. I'll give you a perfect example. I have consistently thought that if Bill Clinton came up in politics today, he would be a Republican. He wouldn't be a Democrat. They wouldn't let right. him in a Democrat party. And we should keep our doors open for those Bill Clintons. Interesting. You know, without all the Monica stuff, we don't yeah, need yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Did you but, see what he said today? No, what he said. <laughs> he said that whole Monica thing happened because I was just so stressed. I was so stressed. <laughs> what about the Jennifer Flowers? Was he stressed about that? Uh, Juanita Broderick. Was that stress as well? Was right. the cut lip, put some ice on it? Was that stress? He has a lot of stress, I guess. Very stressed Dec- out. Very for decades. Very but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying that there are folks, especially in the South, especially yes. in the Midwest, yes. who call themselves Democrats. Union members are a perfect example. Yes. They call themselves Democrats, but they're really not anymore. And right. we have to, as conservatives, as Republicans, this is our opportunity to grow our tent it's, and potentially win every presidential election for, I'm not even joking, <laughs> Seb, the next 50 years. Wow. From your lips to God's ears. We are out of time. It Already? Always fl- I know it's nuts. We're out of time. It's crazy. we got to get to our radio show. But we will be back. And in the meantime, you got to follow us. you got to follow us, rate, review, like the podcast. Tell everybody about the battle for 1600 follow boris epstein on twitter at boris ep go to breakfastwithboris.com i'm your host sebastian gorka on america first sebgorka.com twitter sebgorka s-e-b-g-o-r-k-a last word before we sign off yes we'll be back in about a week yeah what folks should keep in mind what folks should have a strong eye on is does biden falter yes look out for gaffes the next debate is not till March 15th, but right. look out for gaffes. Look out for bad moments because this high off Super Tuesday does not necessarily have to last forever. Right. So don't think it's a done deal yet. And, of course, we haven't talked about it. The coronavirus, 
Be vigilant. Wash your hands. Do not panic. Do not be hysterical. Do not panic. Wash your hands and don't go on any cruises. That's all. I, those are my two pieces of advice. Not for a while. Just delay that cruise to you know China for a few millennia. And in the meantime, wash your hands and don't be silly. Uh, be healthy. Be well. Be healthy, indeed. God bless. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been uh, The Battle for 1600. Catch you next time.